This is a special feature from Overdrive. And now, here's our broadcast. Hi, I'm Todd Dills, and uh, today we'll be talking about the Affordable Care Act, which, you know, after the disastrous, uh, totally technically glitchy rollout in the year 2013, my guest today, Mark Ballard, uh, he is an insurance broker, and back at that time, uh, as, the, as the rollout began of the health insurance exchanges, he had been planning with the Healthy Trucking Association of America to introduce a trucker's insurance exchange, sort of a private exchange for uh, geared specifically toward the needs of professional truckers, and including uh, insurance agents uh, with, with a partner uh, online broker to uh, sort of help drivers through the process of enrolling in for Affordable Care Act insurance, uh, but it didn't happen at that time. Uh, they, they saw all the technical problems that the uh, federalhealthcare.gov uh, exchange was having and that some of the states were having, and they held off this year, during this year's uh, open enrollment period, which has been ongoing for a couple of months now and uh, ends quite soon, actually, in just a couple of weeks on February 15th. Ballard has uh, now uh, partnered with the uh, National Association of Independent Truckers, NAIT, has pretty good partner in Connected Health, uh, an online web broker in Chicago that uh, has the ability to uh, tie in directly to the Federal uh, uh, Health Insurance Exchange. Talk to him today about a lot of the issues uh, that folks need to be aware of this time around during open enrollment and where he sees the Affordable Care Act going in the future. Seems, uh, you know, with the, the second open enrollment period ongoing here, it seems that uh, folks new to the health, health insurance exchanges are at least seeing, you know, a better experience uh, on the whole, given, uh, given how disastrous the rollout was in 2013. So, so that's how the, you know, how the Truckers Health Insurance Exchange is, uh, you know, as a part of that, is it, uh, pretty well functioning, um, given you guys opened it up this, just this year and not, uh, not the last period. And uh, you can give us a little progress report on what kind of activity you're seeing there with the with the launch. Well, it, enrollments are are actually moving along. At the beginning of the new year, we we saw a spike in activity. Um, I think it's just human nature that that people will will kind of put that type of a decision off. I, essentially, though, we, what's working this year is the is the website, um, and we're talking healthcare.gov now. Um, the user experience is much better. They're not getting dropped, um, so they're able to enroll, and that's really where the where it ends. Though, um, what we're still finding though is there's a lot of general confusion. Um, well, most people don't know how to purchase health insurance. It's just not something that um, you know you you just know going in. And healthcare.gov, as well as a lot of these state exchanges, you know, will provide quotes. But that's really as far as it goes. Um, a lot of times the, the consumer is left to having to pick and select what plan they believe is best for them. In a lot of cases, they're just picking on price, and that may not be in their best interest. So what the Truckers Insurance Exchange is able to do is provide some uh, really intuitive uh, tools. They have a recommendation engine for those that want to do their own shopping online. We have decision support. We have licensed agents, and the ability to take somebody and take them through the whole enrollment process. It, it, we have found it has been a, a very positive experience so far this year. Um, I think you sent me a link that, that uh, showed polling data uh, among all Americans. I think uh, eight in ten 
I would recently run through the experience of shopping for health insurance to say it's uh, as bad or worse than doing their own taxes. <laughs> um, and our readers, you know, also in general terms, are, are not, uh, not exactly flocking to the exchanges, uh, the Affordable Care Act exchanges in droves, despite the fact that they do represent, uh, I guess, I mean, I think the, one of the more affordable options for you know, kind of quality health insurance out there today. So what, what in your mind explains uh, all the negativity over health insurance? Well, and actually, if you, you read the third, uh, the third uh, option there on that uh, article was getting a tooth pulled. So that, oh. that ranked up there as well as doing your taxes. Wow. Yeah. So it, it's obviously not something that many people really want to do, go out and shop for health insurance. Um, the negativity goes and and comes from a lot of different directions. I, I believe a lot of it has to do with how the healthcare.gov experience was for many people last year was negative. Uh, the first half of 13, obviously, the exchanges uh, were closed uh, until right around the holidays. It, it's time consuming, especially for somebody that's eligible for these premium discounts or subsidies because they have to get qualified for it. Uh, so that takes a little bit of time. There's obviously still some confusion as far as what plans to select and just some general, um, you know, nuances of the law itself. But I, I believe really what draws the most negativity is you know, the administration and, and just the way that it was more or less force-fed onto the general public back in 2010. And that negativity still really um, is very strong today. Right. But there are some positives to, to come out of it, I think. And, um, and it's not all positive, of course, and, and it may not uh, may not last if some of these court decisions uh, go against the, the program. But I, you did tell me, I think, that a fairly high percentage of uh, truckers, whether they really realize it or not, probably do qualify for some of the reduced premiums on exchanges. Uh, what's, what, is that, uh, what is that percentage, uh, you think? And, and what, well, what are you basing that on? Yeah, our research, and we take this from some different accounting firms, and you know the folks over at ATBS have provided some data to us uh, over the last year as well, and and the numbers come in anywhere between forty to fifty percent. So if we were to say, you know, basically almost one in two uh, owner operators or contractor drivers would be eligible for a, a premium discount, I, I don't think that we would be very far off. I mean that that is essentially good news. It, it's just that you know when when we when we speak with some of the the folks out there, um, it, it is an education process uh, to get them to a place where they understand um, you know where where these tax credits can help them in securing coverage. And we've seen uh, families that would have paid. Uh, an exorbitant amount of money for a, an insurance policy that that pay essentially a couple hundred dollars a month. Um, you know that is based off their uh, modified adjusted gross income, which technically is their after expenses income. Many out there we find believe that the premium discounts are based off their gross income, and that is incorrect. So that is why so many of them are eligible for these premium discounts and really are unaware of it. 
Right. I remember going through that uh, that distinction when when everything rolled out. Usually, you still think that's that's a common uh, common misconception among folks out there. It is because uh, a lot of what is read it uses the terminology gross income, but uh, typically it, it is if, if somebody takes their adjusted gross income or income after expenses, and as you know. Uh, a lot of the, the drivers out there expense, um, you know, depreciation, fuel, a lot of those expenses bring them down to a much smaller number, and that's the number that they base the qualifications off of, not their gross. I been, had looked at, uh, at this a little bit. Uh, we've been running some polls recently at overdriveonline.com, and I think only around 6% of the truckers that are responding to, to one or more of the polls we've run recently noted that they actually purchased on these exchanges during the you know the 2013 open enrollment. Uh, you you and I exchanged some emails prior to this conversation about what those folks should be doing this period, and I know a lot plan on just keeping their current uh, insurance that they purchased through the exchanges last time by kind of auto renewing. Um, and but you mentioned that there, there may be some opportunity if you actually go back and shop on the exchanges further this year and sort of. Uh, Change your plan, get a little bit better rate. What's uh, what's 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 to consider there? Most definitely, and I believe it was Bloomberg and some of these other uh, publications out there have also researched it, and it looks like as of right about now, about half of the people that have renewing plans have just set them to auto renew. Okay. So that they'll they'll. I mean, if they, there's a just kind of an an ease factor in knowing that your policy will be automatically renewed. And for the ones that had the bad experiences last year, knowing or thinking that they may have to go back in there and do it again um, may have kept them from going back and shopping. But the numbers yeah. show us about three-quarters should be shopping their plan this year because there are better, better deals out there. Some plans have changed. Uh, some networks have changed. Some carriers have left. However, more have come into the marketplace uh, this year. So the numbers are up as far as choice goes in a lot of areas. But um, th there is still an opportunity, though. I think a lot of people thought that they had until December the 15th to uh, make a selection or make a change. But that's not the case. Um, people can actually change all the way till February 15th at the end of open enrollment. Now, that change sure. will occur on March 1st, but we still have a little bit more time if they decide they want to shop their plan around. It sounds, it sounds like the way you described that, it's, uh, more insurers are, are coming in and with more plans. or you know, It sounds like the, the competition, at least, is increasing there. And I think, you know, if I'm remembering correctly, that was one of the that's sort of one of the goals of the, of the program overall was to, to bring that uh, bring the insurance premium costs down, um, which a lot of folks have questioned that, uh, particularly the first year. Um, you think that you do think that's happening in some in some measure anyway? Well, yes. Um, one of the big carriers that sat on the sidelines last go around is United Healthcare, and they entered sure. the market this go around, and that's a name that we all recognize. So. You know, bringing more carriers in, obviously, uh, competition, as we know, uh, helps in, in a lot of cases to uh, to bring costs down. But we'll see in the long run how that impacts rates uh, next year. But um, United and some other carriers have entered the market this time. What's the 
put the tax situation for uh, those on the exchanges this year and those you know, who are going to be paying the penalty come uh, April 15th? Well, and that's kind of a two-part question. If I could break that first half off, because the, the tax ramifications, it, there is a mechanism for the folks that enrolled this past go-around, uh, actually the first open enrollment, that allowed the exchanges to go in there and kind of tap into their income without them having to report it. So for the folks that qualified for a subsidy, if you gave them authorization this go around, they could look in there and see what the your income would be and adjust the subsidy accordingly. Well, for the folks that didn't give that authorization, they need to get a hold of their exchanges and report what they believe their 2015 income is going to be. Because the last thing you want to have happen is that you had a, a leaner year in 13, or 14 rather, and then 15 is a much higher earning year, and but you're getting a subsidy based off the 2014. So you want to stay on top of that because obviously that will be adjusted come tax time uh, if it turns out that somebody had uh, underreported their their income. The the penalties basically for this year uh, go up to two percent. Uh, it, it it was one percent last year for those for those folks that don't. Uh, uh, by what's called qualifying coverage in 2015, they'll be paying 2% uh, of family income uh, mm -hmm. for next year's taxes. A little bit higher number, a little bit more motivation maybe to look and see uh, if you know, there may be something out there for them. Yeah, I know a lot of the guys that uh, get commenting on some of these stories, are, they, they still have uh, uh, plans that they didn't get from the exchanges, and and you know some of them get, some of them get uh, uh, coverage via a spouse as an employee at some other firm, or or um, but yeah, some some are out there with individual uh, market type plans that are that are not exchanged, and I, I know there's like an issue with some of those being not the, the like you said the qualified plans under the Affordable Care Act rules. Those folks, if I know the law correctly will also be paying the penalty this year for having for even having coverage last year because they don't have that kind of qualified plan. Is that are, how how many of those kinds of plans are still out there? And you know what uh, are insurers will make it clear that that these plans are are not uh, you know, they don't meet the Affordable Care Act standards? And then you know are are, are people going to be surprised by? Uh, you know, having to pay the penalty even though they recovered last year. I wonder, you know, do you hear a lot about that? Is that something that's a big issue? It, it, yeah, it could be as we go through here and um, have a uh -huh. year or so under our belt. You know, a lot of the folks that uh, get coverage through their spouse's employer, 99.9% .9 of the time those are going to be compliant. Um, okay. Because it's it's through an employer group, and typically those those plans are are you know they comply under the ACA. the The other side of it are, are the folks that are purchasing plans, say through an agent or online through an insurance company. And typically, if you're purchasing coverage, an agent will you know if if, if they're doing their job correctly, are going to inform you this plan is compliant, and most of the time they are. Usually, right. if you purchase online, 
you'll have some verbiage on there that will let you know that this is a compliant plan, or if it's not, they'll let you know that as well. Uh, we have read that a lot of folks that are not purchasing ACA-compliant coverage are, in fact, buying uh, one of two plans. Uh, it's either short-term medical, which in the old days used to be one of those gap fillers. Somebody loses okay. coverage at the job, they would buy a short-term medical policy for maybe five, six months, and that would fill the gap. Well, now that type of policy is being used as a medical insurance policy from year to year. Now, they're not ACA compliant. They are typically good coverage, but there's some pitfalls there in owning short-term medical. So those aren't ACA compliant. Now, the other side of it is the folks that own the limited medical benefit plans, and there are still a lot of contractors and owner-operators out there that we see that still own the limited, what we call limited med or mini-med plans. Limited med plans, in a nutshell, give you dollars towards certain types of services that you may use it for. For example, if you go to the doctor and the plan is set up with a, a benefit of, say, $75, you go to the doctor, you get $75 towards that cost. If you go into the hospital, you may get $500 a day for every day you're in the hospital. So it's yeah, what's called yeah. first dollar coverage. And obviously, if you do have something catastrophic, it can leave you you know, tens of thousands of dollars with um, unpaid claims. So today, with all the options that are out there for contractors, they need to know their options. They need to explore okay, I own a limited med plan, is it better that I maybe look at a ACA plan? Uh, do I perhaps even qualify for a premium discount or a subsidy to make my premiums less? So they, you know, they owe it to themselves to explore the market, and if at the end of the day they want to stay on what they have, they at least do it knowing that they did it with an, you know, making an informed decision. So finally, let's uh, let's get to the court case. Um, there, the, it's the King versus Burwell case, and it's set to be ruled on by the Supreme Court. Um, I think you said likely sometime in June. Um, it could throw a big wrench into a lot of this. And basically, if I'm understanding it correctly, an adverse ruling for uh, ACA or Obamacare would see the subsidies disappear for anyone using the federal exchange versus one of the state exchanges in those relatively few states have it. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. And the, the subsidies, as you could imagine, are the lifeblood of the individual mandate. Right. If the subsidies go away due to this Supreme Court decision, it will essentially gut the law. And we've seen numbers up towards 10 million people could lose coverage because it'll suddenly become unaffordable. So the, the decision is, is obviously it's huge as far as, as the ACA goes and, yeah, and his legacy for one thing because um, right. it, it's, it's some language that was pulled out of the law that basically says the subsidies were set up for those states that have their own exchange. Well, two-thirds of the country did not set up their own exchanges, and these are some big states, Florida, Texas, Pennsylvania, Georgia, some very populous states. They're using healthcare.gov or the federal marketplace. If those states lose the subsidies, we're talking many, many millions of people that would uh, 
that would probably drop their coverage. The average increase we believe will be about 30 to 40 percent on the average consumer if they lose their subsidies. So that's a wrap. Um, more information, visit overdriveonline.com. If your health insurance has changed recently, drop us a line. Let us know what you're doing. Uh, uh, always like to get more reader input uh, as we can. Again, that's overdriveonline.com.